Hey AfterBuzzers, welcome to FX's Trust. Today we're actually going to be covering two episodes, episode 8, In the Name of the Father, and episode 9, White Car in a Snowstorm. Uh, we're going to see that Getty ends up losing two women, but gaining two men. Plus, we're gearing up for the season finale, so we're going to get into some very awesome predictions. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion. After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. What an epic opera soundtrack we have. And that is because we are gearing up for the finale. We've had such an epic ending right now, but there's still a little bit more to be discussed uh, with the last episode coming up very soon in one week. Uh, before we get into predictions at the end of this after show, uh, I want to introduce myself. My name is Mina, and to my left, we have... Hey, everybody. I'm Monika Loveless, and I'm so excited about this episode. It's picked up a little bit, so... Hey, everybody. I am Juliet, and I, wow, I just can't believe we're almost at it, almost at the end. Right. We're, yeah, we're almost at the end. It's so crazy. I mean, it does... There have been parts where it feels a little bit drawn out. And then, like, now that we're gearing up towards the finale, I'm like, oh, my God, like, this is so long overdue, but at the same time, I'm so sad. Because but I feel like you loved yeah. every episode. <laughs> like, it did not stop for you at all. You know, I always say this episode was the best episode you yet. You I swear this episode was the best episode yet. Like, it was so epic, so great. I'm talking about episode nine, but we're actually going to start off with episode eight first because that was a very important episode. It's called... In the name of the Father. And the whole gist of this episode is that, like, we start off with the sacrificial lamb in the very beginning, and we see Francesco with his father kind of bonding in that moment, and he is slaughtering this innocent lamb. And I feel like that very beginning scene is indicative of the entire episode to come. What are your thoughts about how that episode opens? I thought we talked a little bit about this uh, before taping, and as you were saying, there's a lot of imagery there, and there's kind of this loss of innocence. You see this boy having to slaughter this poor little animal, and you can see it in his eyes. He he just doesn't want to do it, and his father knows he doesn't want to do it, but it's a rite of passage, and he has to do it in order to become a man. And we saw that theme throughout the episode. Yeah, it, I definitely agree that it was like a loss of innocence immediately um, in the beginning of the episode. Um, so it was a very um, slow episode. <laughs> but for the most part, you know, it, I feel like it, it definitely brought us to episode nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely did. I mean, it was so beautiful. I mean, I what I took away from it the most was that we see all of this religious imagery throughout the entire episode, but it's contrasted with, like, this horrible thing that's happening, all of this violence, corruption, sin. Like, there's so much sin that's kind of, like, being hidden with this backdrop of, like, religion as a front. And I feel like I just don't understand how the two go together, so it's so interesting to see that contrast throughout mm -hmm. the entire episode. Plus, the, the main takeaway or the main significant thing that happens in the episode is Francesco stumbling upon little Paul in the mountains as he's venturing off uh, after his confirmation when he becomes a man, finally, and he has his dagger. And he finds Paul in this cave. Like, like I don't know what I would do if I were at that age and I just see someone, like, withering away in a cave. And he sees him, and Paul comes up to him, 
and eventually tells him, you need to cut off my ear. The scene that Monique has been waiting for her entire run on this show. The I, scene that she's been talking about. What are we going to see the blood? What are we going to see the ear getting cut off? You finally got it your scene, Monique. It, How do yeah. you feel? Um... <laughs> I don't, it, it was, I mean, it's gruesome, but it was, they didn't show it as gruesome as I thought they were going to. So, were you disappointed? <laughs> I was a little disappointed. <laughs> Just a little disappointed, yes. Um, well, it's true, we do talk a lot about the movie, uh, All the Money in the World, yeah. uh, which is a, another take on this story. And in that movie, if you want something gruesome, go check that out, because that is really gruesome, and you it lasted way too long, and the whole time I had my eyes closed, and... Uh, was it movie where I'm like, is it over yet? Is it over yet? And it wasn't. It took forever. And it was a real like tight shot of the ear, them slowly cutting it. It wasn't quick and painless. It was definitely slow and pain and lots of pain involved. Um, so I thought I was on top of that. Then they kind of shied away from that graphic. They did. They did. So it's on TV. It's TV. So it's probably decisions from for the um, showrunners. And but you have shows on TV I mean, that are like bones and stuff like that, where they show the the actual gruesome of things because right. it's the it's the anatomy. So I'm thinking, since it wasn't sexual, like it was more of like the anatomy and something like your ear coming off, of course. But I was a little disappointed how they went about it. This has kind of been. Um, a draw- I felt like they drew it out just like they kind of did the rest of the episodes. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, so. I mean, I think it's something that I've seen in FX shows. I covered Versace. And by the way, go check out the after show on After Miss TV uh, for that show. Uh, Versace, <laughs> great, great show. And that talks about multiple murders. And there is lot- there is blood. But a lot of these scenes that could go the extra mile and be extra gruesome do not. And you, it's mostly sound effects and you see blood spatter around versus really graphically showing it. So I think it's an, I, I think it's safe to say it's an ethics type of branding in a way when it comes to gruesomeness. Right. And you know, I do think it's really interesting how they showed that you're getting cut off because it was so different when you compare all the money in the world to this FX show because in the FX show we see that it was Paul's decision to have his ear cut off by Francesco. In the movie All the Money in the World, we see that it's just something that happened to him out of the frustration of his captors. So I want to know what is the real truth? Right. Like will we ever know what the truth is because there's so like there's so many like different stories. Yeah, there's so many alternate it's- stories when it comes to like the factual accuracy of what really went down and you don't know who to believe and right. what what is real and what is not and what's embellished. So I think that's why they made that decision and I think that's why they've been making the decisions they've been making throughout the seasons mm-hmm. is that we do have this movie and we do have various theories yet when it, especially when it comes to the Getty family they're trying to brush <coughs> things under the rug and everything is kept secret. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just a different way to be like oh this is one theory and then some people believe this some people believe otherwise. So I thought that was a really really smart choice and very intriguing because it makes it different. It is. It's and a yeah. twist. It's it a is, nice it's twist. A, it's a yeah. nice twist. And we, I feel like we, some of us have had a little bit of frustration that this show at times is a little bit slow. Mm-hmm. But it is the nature of the story. As right. crazy of a story it is, it's actually really fast to talk about, right? Just this happened, this happened, this and, happened. You know like, what I mean? Throughout yeah, episode, throughout a whole season, it's, I think, a little bit harder, mm-hmm. even though there's so many layers. And on top of it, I think this the slow 
things that we've been noticing mm -hmm. is just to show how nothing was happening. You had this craziness of this poor little boy stuck, mm -hmm. and yet it took forever to get him out of that situation. So it was very slow, and I think it's, that was another decision from the showrunners mm -hmm. to make sure that that was embedded in, within the show. I 100% agree with you because while everything is happening slowly, we are getting frustrated. Monique's getting frustrated. Like, what are we going to see the action? What are right. we going to see well, blood? It, what are we going to see, exactly. like, something happening? Because it's kind of like the captors themselves were at a standstill for so long with the back and forth of the negotiations. And that must have been so, like, kind of, like, heart-wrenching, but also so frustrating mm -hmm. for not just little Paul, but... Imagine, like, you have a mission to get money, and it's taking you months and months. Like, you're, like, going to be the laughing stock of Italy, like, it's as the, the quote-unquote mafia well, for taking that long. Well, you make a long. great point. Well, that was this episode, and they, they really covered that, like, because when they threw him in the trunk, that was the main thing that they wanted, and... For the wife to hold off, they didn't want Salvatore to know and they didn't want the town to know because yeah. it's like, you're, you know, now we're being made a mockery of because it, yeah. we can't get rid of him and you won't give us the money. So now anytime we go to do, like we see in this episode, anytime we go to do another, you know, ransom... Nobody's going to believe us. People are not going to take us seriously. <laughs> yeah. So, 100%. And it's, yeah. you totally see the parallels between Getty Sr. and the Italian Mafia. Everything is about saving face. What is our image going to be like to the outside world? How are we going to maintain the level of respect and admiration and fear other people have of us? Because I almost feel like Getty Sr.'s attitude is like really Machiavellian, where it's like it is better to be feared than to be loved as a ruler. That's kind of his philosophy. Um, so it's really interesting that we see that. So we basically covered the gist of episode eight now. <clears throat> Not a lot happened, but a lot did happen at the same time. Yeah. And we see that loss of innocence. That's the main takeaway. So that leads us to the perfect transition of episode nine, White Car in a Snowstorm. Um, and White Car in a Snowstorm opens up in a snowstorm, uh, well, in the snow, Gail and Fletcher are in their car, and they're just waiting. And this very beginning scene is the scene we see at the very end of the episode as well. So it's really interesting how, like, they that passage of up. time, like, happened in that way. And, yeah, there was foreshadowing. And we find out that Fletcher has a 12-year-old son. This mm -hmm. is the first time we hear anything of that. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, what a way to, like, kind of, like, humanize him in a way and make him more relatable and kind of soften soften him up a bit and then he says that like in response to Hillary Swank's character Gail when she says how come you never told me this this is like crazy that you never told me you had a son and you know I've been going through this and he said that he was ashamed and she says ashamed of your son and he's like no ashamed of myself I was so confused when I heard that and I tried so hard to extrapolate meaning from it what did you two take away from that quote? I think I, he meant that he is ashamed he does not necessarily have a relationship he would like with him, with the son. Mm -hmm. He's ashamed that he's maybe not the father that he wished he was. Okay. Uh, I think also working for the Gettys, and especially so close to Mr. Getty, you it's a 24-hour job. Right. Mm -hmm. Think about how he was in Italy. Then they thought it was a fake kidnapping. So then he went back and within a matter of seconds calls him and he has to be at his beck and call and has to drop everything. And so I'm sure that's a pattern we've seen throughout. We also seen him uh, womanizing throughout the show. So I think that's where I think that stems from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I just feel like 
he definitely is not the father that he, you know, would want to be. And the fact that this is going on and he still has his son and she's she's fighting every tooth and nail to just get hers back. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like. I feel ashamed that I'm not the father that I should be because you're fighting tooth and nail. I have mine here and you don't. Yeah. So I yeah, I totally agree. You know, it would have been so great if he had some sort of tool to work through these problems that he has, like these internal struggles. And when I'm trying to work through internal struggles, or even if I just want some advice or anything, I like to listen to Maria Menounos. You do, yes. And she has such an awesome podcast, and it's free. And for you, for anyone out there who wants to learn and have fun and grow in all aspects of your life, uh, we have a podcast for you, which is Maria Menounos' Conversations with Maria Menounos Podcast Edition. And it's hosted by our Alphabet TV founder, Maria Menounos, and it drops every Friday on iTunes. Conversations with Maria Menounos features celebrity influencer interviews along with secrets and tips on how to be better in all all aspects of your life. <laughs> From health and wellness to career relationships, finance, and more, let our Maria be the big sister you've always wanted. Just go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menounos for free. Be sure to rate and comment. And when you do, this is the most important part, guys, <laughs> make sure to let them know in the comment section that us, the Trust FX uh, After Show and AfterBuzz TV, brought you there and told you about this amazing free podcast. Make sure, please, to make say that in the comments because we want a little gold star from Maria Menounos herself. She'll be very proud of us and that'll make us happy. And who doesn't want to make us happy? <laughs> so check out Conversations with Maria Menounos Podcast Edition. Yeah, and you seriously will get a lot out of it. Like, I listen to it on your commutes or when you're at the gym exercising instead of just listening yeah. to music. You'll get something out of it. The takeaway is undeniable. It's, yeah. it's so rich, and I really, really highly recommend it. So. Yeah, and, you know, you were saying that she talks about finances, and speaking of finances, we figure out that the ransom is still unpaid, as it was in the previous episode, but there is hope. And the reason there's hope is because we know that there's only two episodes left of the show and that the ransom is going to be paid because we know about right. the, they the always real, pay. Yeah, this they I always have, pay. Right. This, I have to say, was my favorite episode out of the series. I think there was one other episode. It was like five. It was like number five <laughs> or four that I liked too. Um, but this episode was so like good. a really good episode. There were so many times that like we were kind of like applauding behind the scenes, right? And Monique was like, "Yes, yes, yes, come well, on, go!" The, yeah. It was definitely the climax because like, that that <laughs> moment we've all been waiting for. And even right. we'll talk about this at the end of the episode, but the last scene and the same sentiment, I was like, oh. "Wow, I can't believe we're finally here." It's we've led up to this for so long, yeah. and that sentiment we could see throughout the episode. And I, yeah. I still right. had a sense of like, "Oh, is this really going to happen?" Or or not what I think it was good because it was tying up loose ends for everyone like you're you get so ready to be like oh my gosh what are they going to do what are they going to do who's going to do this what is she going to do how are they going to handle this <laughs> and it kind of just tied up all of those loose ends so was it was so, a really yeah. good episode it was a really good episode there was so much closure and even though there was closure the whole time I was like so stressed out I was watching it and I was like oh I'm like so stressed right now like I need there to be some sort of conclusive answer to what's going to happen but we start off um like after we see the scene with fletcher um and they're in the snowstorm we cut to the five million dollar offer and how the ransom is still unpaid and then uh it goes into talking about how like how come like they're not responding why isn't gail responding like they sent the picture of the ear or they sent the ear to gail like three weeks ago and no one's responded did you really send the ear 
They later find out that the ear has been sent to Naples and there's this huge postal strike going on. So Primo physically goes all the way to Naples to that very same postal office and they're digging through everything to get the ear. I don't know if they finally got it, but we do know that there were pictures that were sent to Getty and to Gail of the ear. So when Getty sees the ear, it's so interesting that he says... If it was a finger, we would have actual fingerprints to verify that this is actually <laughs> that this is actually the grandson, mm-hmm. which is so mind-blowingly annoying and preposterous and ridiculous. I don't know, man. I think <laughs> I, I I get it. I get what you're saying, but it just think of what we've learned of Getty as a human being. <laughs> this made sense. He is maybe he does definitely lack some sentimental sentimental qualities mm-hmm. but he's very rational when in his decision making and the way he carries himself and he wants proof and he has so many people right. every day writing to him asking him for money asking him for stuff everybody wants something from him mm-hmm. so he's used to people Sending lying him. yeah people to, scheming around him and so he is just that's just he's level headed he sees what he sees he goes for it so he was like that's silly of them like why wouldn't you do that that creates more proof right mm-hmm. And it's logical. Is, it's, like, it's logical. And the thing is also like these these men are kidnappers, so most of the time they're going to lie to get what they want. Yeah. And it, it, you need proof to be given out five million dollars, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even though it was kind of like, dang, like oh, you need more proof. It it, <laughs> it is it. What he says is very rational. <laughs> He's yeah. not asking for it, but he's just I, saying, I mean, Gail, like, Gail does if they're verify, going to send something, can they at least send a finger? Gail verifies that it is, in fact, her son. She knows <clears throat> her son to a T, where she knows, like, the freckles on his ear, the placement of those freckles on the ear. She compares the, the photos. when... Yeah, like, yeah, everything. Like, she knows her she... son inside and out. She is an incredible mother, a force to be reckoned with. She is, like, so convinced that there is hope for her son, and she is going to get him at all costs, no matter what. And that is true sacrifice right there, true motherhood, uh, true mama bear instincts. But um, all of this is interestingly happening. Uh, I want to put this in the proper historical context. This is happening against the backdrop of the whole Watergate scandal. And at first I'm like, why are they bringing up Watergate? This is so random. But it will come in handy later on when Getty receives a very interesting call from the president. And we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. Um, but you do make up a great point, and we've seen that throughout the show as well, is that it's important to know what the political climate is at the time. In the earlier episodes, we saw some uh, rioting yeah. in Italy, and that kind of foreshadows that we'll, we'll, because that is happening, you have these... I would say, underground societies, and you have the mafia that takes over and has more power because of the political climate. So, good point. A hundred percent, yeah. And I like that they did that again. They kind of situated it in that appropriate context. Um, So, when Getty meets with Gail, um, he tells her, you need to get your ex involved. It's up to him. And I was so enraged when I saw this. She was. But Monique managed to convince me otherwise she had the most incredible argument i said this is ridiculous how come getty isn't paying it is so easy for him to pay this is so frustrating and what did you say to me monique i said it's funny how it you know they expect just because he has the money they expect him to do all of this for his grandson but the dad don't want to do all of these things for his son like it doesn't matter he the dad was being so selfish 
If you want your son back, you need to stop thinking about you. Gail would have signed on the dotted line no matter the interest or what. And it was just kind of like his antics or the reason why he didn't want to like sign was for himself. He wasn't even thinking about his son. But everybody wanted Getty Sr. to think about the grandson when the dad wasn't even thinking about his own son. That's a great point. That's a great point. It's just kind of like you expect this man just because he has the money. You expect this man to do everything for the grandson when the own parent is not even is not even caring as much. So it's just kind of like, no, you can't ask that from from this man. That's his grandson. That's like when your grandparents come around, they're like, oh, I watch you for a moment, but I got to go off and do my grandparent thing. They they don't expect to take care of their kid's kid, you know? So I just felt like just because he had the money, too many people were expecting too much out of him. Right, and he even yeah. iterates that. He says, I went to, I, I flew to Italy. I speak, spoke directly to these people. I negotiated. He's paying Fletcher to be there. Let's not forget, Fletcher's not there for free. That's like a probably a daily sum that he has to pay him. He is putting the money in. And yes, he could swipe this away in the snap of a finger and just pay the money. Mm-hmm. But that's not who he is. And that's also not how you stay rich. Mm-hmm. But even like he said, he risked his own life even going there trying to negotiate. Like you didn't like even. And he goes into the conversation. Yeah. He was like, my son didn't learn anything because he didn't negotiate. He didn't even try to negotiate. All he did was whine and victimize himself. And his son is getting his ear cut off. Your arguments are so great. Like it's so hard to convince me of something when I'm so adamant in my opinion. But I was so like... The way I was thinking about this, I was so frustrated. I'm like, you have the money. You're the grandfather. It doesn't even hurt you to do it. Like, in my eyes, I felt like he was trying to hold something over his son because of power. And maybe that still is true. But your points right now that you're making are so, like, powerful. And I feel like I'm, my mind is, like, now open to seeing things in that way where it's like, yeah, you do have a very valid point. Like, why... Why is it that we just expect because he has the means, he's obligated to do that? Just because you have the means doesn't make you obligated... To, to go rescue someone and, like, save the world, even it if doesn't. it is your grandson. And as you're saying, Monique, is that the father needs to take ownership, and he hasn't he taken ownership about anything. He hasn't anything. even, yeah. And I think the ma- my main issue was just the interest, the fact that he was making an interest off off of this. Mm-hmm. That was that was taking it too far, and I was like, no, 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 you shouldn't do that. But I think <coughs> you, should, you should. That's very fair to be like, you're going to reimburse me for this. Mm-hmm. Right, and I, I feel like... But even is, with the interest, even with the interest, the thing is, is like if you would have looked at the father and you would have looked at Gail, she would have took it. She would have been like, 100%. it doesn't matter. Let yeah, me sign 100%. my name. But even when Gail went to the house and talked to the son, the Getty son, she, you know, he was still victimizing himself. He was like, I'm not going to do that. The bullying and the stabbing, like George killed himself. I'll kill myself. And she was like, it's your son, though. And she kept reiterating that it's your son. Son, but like he doesn't get that. Do you? And that's selfish. Like you can't expect your dad to take care of everything just because you know he has the money. It's time for you to be an adult and get your life together. And actually, this is your son, right? So yeah, I, I want to talk about um, how exactly what you said. Gail was willing to do anything, anything, and she did. She wrote a letter to President Nixon, an appeal as a citizen. And she says, I know you're a friend of J. Paul Getty, my father-in-law. She writes this whole letter. And we don't see the actor who plays Nixon, but we do hear his voice and kind of, like, like see him looking at the letter and the facts that comes through. 
And I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, is Nixon really going to, to like look at this letter? But she has Annenberg send it to him. And I did too. I was like, is he really going to look yeah. at this letter? That was my thought. Like in the midst of the Watergate scandal, like nonetheless, like that's a big deal. Like while this whole scandal is going on that tarnishes Nixon's reputation for like the extreme corruption going on during this whole crisis, he's reading a letter from J. Paul Getty III's daughter-in-law. Right. But once again... Ex-daughter-in-law. But once again, it comes down to money. So he found a way to, for them to make yes. more money off of this. And, um, you know, he says... Uh, I want to say Getty Sr. says, the Indians are getting in the way of my plumbing and, like, my drilling. And it reminded me so much of the Dakota Access Pipeline, how, like, like it's just American greed and how we want to go into native land and get the resources and extract it from that area, even if it damages, like, these people's habitat. Like, we already came in way back when and took land that wasn't ours and, like, destroyed Native American territories, and the thing that we did to them was horrible. And it just reminded me of that whole thing that that went on really, like, actually very recently with the Dakota Access Pipeline. But um, you see how ruthless... Getty is and how he wants to find a way to make even more money and the president calls Getty they negotiate a deal I didn't even know any of this happened historically I was so I was so in awe of this whole situation that he'd get a call from the president when the president calls Bullimore not his real name Bullimore comes in and says uh you have a call and he's like at this ungodly hour who is it I can't be bothered and when he finds out it's President Nixon he's like oh Okay. Hello, Mr. President. Right. I guess you're the one person that's good enough for me. The, only, the, right. only, the person. only person. I don't think if God himself came down from the sky, Getty would be like, oh, like, yeah, I'll talk to God right now. Like, mm-hmm. he has so many better things to do. He's, it's just, it's preposterous. But he would put God on a hold is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like he'd be like, just give me a second. Like, you know why? Because he has a God complex. That's yeah, who he thinks he is. He does. It's, it's complete narcissism. But Well, um, technically, no, because if he puts the president above him, then, <laughs> yes. I, I don't even know. He knows he can get something out of the president, though. Money. Yeah. I think, and he, <clears throat> what does it always come back to? Power, right? Mm-hmm. Money equals power, and that's it, and that's why he picks up the phone, and that's why he's like, oh, okay, yes, definitely, we'll speak to Mr. Nixon, because you, that's it. He is so fascinated by power, and that's the president of the first world country. I mean, come on. Right, yeah. It's it's still so insane to me, and you know, finally, we get the satisfaction of seeing the deal take place where he gets what he wants from President Nixon, and then he approaches, his son approaches him, he talks to his son about what the new arrangement is going to be, he says, you know what, I will pay half of the money for the ransom, so $2.5 million of his, money. Of his own personal money mm-hmm. for the ransom, the other $2.5 million is going to come from the trust interest-free. So he's basically getting a loan interest-free, and he has to pay back $2.5 million. We see that the son is bewildered, excited, in awe, and I'm just like, hurry up and sign the damn papers. Like, what's taking you so long? Stop repeating the same things and sign the papers. He signs the papers, finally. It's such a, like, moment of relief, but I'm still kind of on edge. Like, I hope nothing else happens, and, like, this is a done deal. And then the best moment of them all is when Penelope goes up to Getty Sr. and says, Hi, Paul. 
Yes. I am leaving now. She I was does. waiting to leave once I knew little Paul would be safe. And it's like, boom, mic drop. My favorite part. She, We've all been waiting for this moment, like was, the whole season. I never thought that would be how she left. And it gave me so much respect for her in the sense like, wow, you cared so much about a little boy that wasn't even related to you. Yeah. That you've all, you've probably seen as a kid that we we saw them interacting in the first episode, um, but it was very brief. He was there for only a few days and she just connected with him and she has so much love for him. And I think she empathizes because she knows what the Getty world is and what it does to people that she just is like, no, I cannot see it destroying this poor kid again. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so sweet. The only thing that was missing for me was just like, I wanted some music. <laughs> I want her to strut away and like have like a, a shawl following her and like her heels clinking. But, but I don't feel like she needed all that because literally when she said goodbye, mm-hmm. he, it, we saw in the episodes before that, not eight, but seven, we saw where he was like, oh, take her out of where no, will give, no, give her a dollar. And he thought he was getting at her, but she was like, no, I don't care. Bye. I don't need like and I she don't has somewhere need to you. go. The other guy. First of all, she has begging to, her. Hold on, she has a great pilot man that does all of this stuff. That's like I love you and my dog, and I want you to come and live with me. <laughs> like she is, she is getting a life that she has not had in forever. Like somebody's actually going to be paying attention to her and just her, and she doesn't have to go through all these loopholes and do this and do that. And she and she's actually going to have somebody who actually loves her. I know. She deserves it so her. much. She deserves it so much. And as you're as you're pointing out, like good for her. And now she doesn't have to share her man with so many other girls. Like, <laughs> ugh. And deal with his stupid ego and, now, and yeah. being talked to the way she does and disrespect it day in and day out. I'm just, that makes that was makes me almost as happy as little getting, getting saved. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know, something was, about that scene I was like, but just the look of shock on his face, it was so It was amazing. Rewarding. It was great. But at the same time, I was like, oh shoot, like yeah. I hope he doesn't regret giving the money now, because that, like that's what caused her to leave she's like oh now that that's done i don't have to worry about that anymore he's probably like damn it i should have never rescued well no he didn't do so. it for her yeah like she just she was didn't. he she wasn't even mine when he did it mm-hmm. it was more so the sun but as far as like he would put his drilling like drilling the oil before a wife any day he would yeah. put money before that exactly any day. you guys that's exactly what happened the nixon call is Nixon is like, I'll help you out. Nixon doesn't want his reputation dragged through the mud even more. Mm-hmm. That that he isn't appealing to his citizens, right? She mm-hmm. she's asking his citizens to, as a citizen to be helped, and so he has a responsibility to cater to that. That's why he goes through Getty. He knows that oil mm-hmm. is his mo. I mean, and when it really comes down to it, even if Penelope was like <laughs> money or me, you know, he would have cho- chosen the money always. Money trumps everything when it comes to these people. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, let's help one rich white boy in exchange for, like, ruining the lives of right. several Native American <laughs> indigenous <laughs> people. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's Were you guys at all surprised that he was just in other shock and didn't even try to say anything to have her stay? No. He's a womanizer. He And also, he would... I, I was slightly shocked. I'm like, he's not going to say anything, but I think he was so dumbfounded where... He's like, okay, he, he acts so strong. Like, he tries to act like nothing phases him or that people will come crawling back. If he states any sort of, like, shock or confusion or upset, that makes him lose power mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to be in any sort of position of vulnerability. But let's, like, quickly, like, go through the end of this because we don't have that much time left. Um, Belinda also leaves, by the way, because she chooses the baby over Getty any Good day. Good for her. So two women, two women down. 
Two but hey, down. there but. is a bright side to this. Two men gained, like I said in the intro. <laughs> like there there's like there is some sort of benefit so we have little paul coming back we're going to see that and we also have the son in a slightly better relationship now really? um slight, like well, probably slightly better relationship slightly but how long is it going to last no it's not i don't think it's slightly better i think it was a negotiation that happened cuz yeah. he made more money but do like if it was better i feel like there would have been a conversation or wasn't a conversation it was just kind of like sign and get get the hell out of my office so it's in the deleted well, scenes yeah for sure <laughs> well paul had said that all he in the episode before so episode seven he said that all he wanted was just a gift <coughs> it didn't, didn't matter what it was but his whole life he just wanted something mm-hmm. and so he finally got that in a way he got 2.5 million dollars he got another loan for 2.5 with no interest that is a huge gift but i'm telling you there's one day he's going to find out that somehow Giddy talked to Nixon and made more money out of all of this, and then mm-hmm. the other shoe's gonna drop as it always does. Right, right. He, I mean, but he already knows that his father doesn't just give him stuff. Right. <laughs> so finally, so. let's let's move on to uh, the exchange because when Primo is in the nightclub talking about the exchange that's going to take place, he says that it has to be all white. It has to be this epic thing, like opera the last feel. scene of an opera. And then he's like, yeah, the, the mom would look really hot in all white. She's very attractive or something. And then it's just like, he's talking about it like it's the final act of an opera. It's just so sickening to me that like they're all about like, oh, we want this lavish presentation and we want to go down in history as like these amazing mafia negotiators. Um, and so we see Gail buying a white suitcase, buying white clothing, and... Painting the suitcases yeah, white, which I thought was so funny. Yeah. They're and like, we're out of them. I'm like, oh, no, what's going to happen? <laughs> like, they don't have the suitcases. I got really nervous. And then they're just spray painting it. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. She will do whatever it takes. <laughs> and she gets mistaken for Fletcher being her uh, her husband or fiancé or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, that's so sweet. I can actually kind of see that. There's some tenderness between them. I wish I wish they were just going on a nice trip, a nice little honeymoon. Like, come on. <laughs> that would be so, so much, much better. better. <laughs> I wanted her to explain, actually, we're trying to kid- we're trying to save our, our kidnapped uh, son yeah. right now. But I do have to make a point. I don't know if you guys agree or not. Let me know. But I guess they were trying to make this this cool ordeal. And like he even says it has to snow. And he wants it to be so dramatic. This for me just proved even more that these they're just not good mafiosos. Yeah, they do not know what they're doing. They're total noobs. Because they were, I'm sorry, just that white car, those white <laughs> outfits that looked super freaking suspicious. Yeah. So it made no sense. It's and then just, the it draws gets, so much attention. Like, yes. what is that? The car gets lost in the snow, and they even talk about how they would. So they threw the rock to be able to. That's when they know to stop. And it's like, how are you going to find this car? Like, they're not thinking this through at all. Yeah. I I have to disagree. I disagree because I feel as though they did think this through. And this was their last ending to say, we have the power. So we're going to make you do what we say Mm -hmm. for this exchange. I want it to be this lovely opera. So this is what you're going to do. All white. Sounds like Bridezilla. He sounds like Bridezilla. But I do feel like it was this whole time between the kidnappers and the Gettys. It was such a power struggle. So who can have the top? Mm-hmm. The last say in all of it. No, I, and they I, got to. I agree with they that. They got to do. They got to say the last say in all of it. 
So the fact that he was getting the last day, he was like, well, I want to go out in, with a bang. Like, everybody needs to know that I'm going out with a bang. And I, that's I agree with that. I do, I, not, I do not take it away from that. What I'm saying is that uh, terrorism 101, do not get caught, right? <laughs> Kidnapping 101, try not to get caught. How do you yeah. not get caught by not drawing too much attention to yourself? Yeah. That's why I'm saying they're all about the glory and they're all about the money. And, the flashiness. And as we'll just, you know, like the flashiness is exactly. But you know who's not about that? Mm-hmm. Francesco's dad. Because he, like we see a totally different side of him, Leonardo. And we see that he's talking to J. Paul Getty III. And he is so empathetic and apologetic and he says i'm so sorry for what my son francesco did to you and he finds out like no francesco wasn't the one who willingly cut off little paul's ear little paul made him do that and when he sees little paul say that there's like this moment of like like pity and kind of like empathy and sympathy and sorrow where he just gives him a hug and I thought it was like one of the most beautiful touching moments it was it was odd in a way because like I don't want to sympathize with this like person who's done something so terrible but I was like about to get choked up but it went to commercial break (laughs) it was a sweet moment yeah so it's true that I mean as we've mentioned they've been at this for so many weeks now months We've seen seasons change. Like this used to be the summer, and now it's freaking their snowstorms. Mm-hmm. Uh, that relation, no matter what, how terrible the circumstances, when you're cooked up like that, you're gonna make relationships, and you're as human beings gonna connect. So there was some sweetness to it. Get rid of all the kidnapping and stuff. Right, and you know, finally, we're coming to a close on the episode. The exchange is made. It's not that seamless. I'm making it sound like it happened in two (laughs) seconds. It was very difficult. There's, like, a lot of back and forth. They don't know whether or not to give the money over. Gail is, like, waiting in the snow with Fletcher, and he's saying all of this stuff about trust and patience and, like, trusting in the Lord. And then, um, you know, when they do the exchange, the way that they are able to give the money over without having any sort of fears or doubts is because Stefano Nizzuto says his name and shows his face and says, if you don't get what you need, you know my face, you know my name, you can report me. Yeah. And which I thought was so dumb, but also genius. I, I didn't know how to feel about it. It I was think, both simultaneously. Yeah, it was. And you know what? I think he just wanted to be done. We've seen this mm-hmm. character. He, they just want to be done. So yeah. he was just w- willing to do anything. You could see on his face. He was just like, <laughs> yeah. call it. I was surprised he didn't get shot, though, for that. Mm-hmm. I was Primo. too. That I think Primo maybe. ended up talking Salvatore. No, Primo ended up talking Salvatore into not like killing him and not giving up uh, uh, his name. Yeah, um, the guy. Um, so I feel like you know I thought he was going to get killed, but clearly he didn't. Primo was just like you know I guess I'm done killing all my people. We got mm-hmm. the money. I they were basking in the money joy. So <laughs> I I'm I you know I did think that, but. At this point in the story, when they finally get the money and they're, like, celebrating and basking in it, and there's beautiful opera music playing, um, and it's just, like, this epic scene. This is all happening in front of little Paul, which is so... uh, I was so offended and, like, appalled, but it's not the worst thing that they've done, if anything. But at this point, we're like, 
are they going to release the boy? What's going to happen? And well, they're going back and forth with that. Did you think that they were going to release him? What do you think well, would happen? more importantly, before that, is that as we've seen them throw the money, I go back to these criminals do not know what they do. As we've seen in a lot of movies, what is the first thing you do? You count the money. Yeah. You never see people throw the money and dancing the money around. <laughs> like, that was so absurd to me. No one counted. They, even at one point in the episode, we saw that they took some money to pay for gas. So maybe it's not even all there. Who knows? Yeah. They, yeah. But they don't, they don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. It's, this is the first time they're really able to accomplish this. And that's why also they're so ecstatic and throwing this money because they've never accomplished something so big. It could have been Monopoly money for all these. Exactly. There's um. no thought process to all of this going on. And I thought also it was a good justification, as you're mentioning, like Paul is sitting there and watching them. And these people are so ecstatic over money. And what is that really going to bring them? Because Getty is where he is at and he knows, like, that's it's just paper. Yeah. It's so true. I mean... Like, there is the whole Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and once you have your basic needs fulfilled by money, like, there really isn't, like, as long as you have that, like, there's really not much more you actually need. Um, We do have to wrap this up really soon, but um, the part that I thought was interesting was when little Paul was doing the shadow puppet uh, demonstration, and Primo extrapolated from that whole thing. You don't kill the goose that lays the golden egg, which was, it resonated. I was like, yeah, like, let him go. Keep your end of the bargain. And they do. They let him go. There is that, like, epic reunion. Finally, the scene that we've all been waiting for with, you know, Hillary Swank's character, Gail, and little Paul. And I'm just like, finally, like, so exhausted. Like, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Was it everything that you had imagined? Or how did you feel about that? final reunion it was it was so sweet i was, I was getting choked up um i thought and i was like think I, I was just so thankful and I, I got a little nervous when i saw him the, the shop was closed and he started walking away and i'm like what are you doing where are you walking you're about to die mm-hmm. and so finally of course like it came to a semi semi happy ending yeah it's a sigh of relief right it it was um it wasn't the grand i don't think it was the grand thing but it was good mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Um, so let's get into predictions because we're getting into the season finale yes the last episode predictions (laughs) we do see that um when after the reunion between uh gail and her son that in the in the preview the son says it was my idea in the beginning and that's like where we leave off of Mm -hmm. so you think that he's going to admit everything? I just, I cannot wait for this movie, uh, for this uh, episode, because when I when I saw the movie, that was what was missing so much for me, was, okay, how does this poor guy get acclimated? You know, he's been away for so long. How does he get back to his life? Uh, I know that he historically gets married mm-hmm. to uh, his girlfriend that we saw in the, few, in the first episodes. How does that happen? How, how how does he talk to Getty, the grandfather? How does how does he move forward? I ho- I'm really, really hoping that this episode ties us all up together and answers those questions mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, I'm hoping that it ties it up, too, because when he starts explaining to his mom that, you know, this was his idea... It, it's kind of like, how are they going to react? Like, yeah. I went through all of this and you created this? Like, but you, it is, I don't know. I want to see how they respond to when he 
when he actually lets them know what what happened. But I hope they make the nuance that yes, he did, you know, the snowball is a fact, like he did create this, but it definitely took a turn that he was not expecting. He didn't think this through and he didn't think it'd be this bad. Yeah. He did, but it, you know, at the same time, it was still the start of his idea. It was his idea and that, process. that, yeah. So I feel like being a Getty senior, like advocate, um, I. I, I just feel like you would be upset. Like, are you really went through all of this? Yeah. Because yeah. you started out with the idea? They put it out. He put it out into the universe and then it happened. So just, it's like a cautionary tale. Don't ever put anything bad like that out into the universe. So it never comes to fruition. Um, but with that being said, I hope that uh, they do go into a little bit of like what happens with Penelope. Um, what's the relationship with Getty Sr. and... Uh, little Paul and how does like that reunion happen at the end of it I want to see more with Gail and the son and like his relationship to his dad now that the dad kind of rescued him in a sense um (laughs) and yeah in a very distant sense but yeah let us know your thoughts in the comments uh comment section below let us know what you think is going to happen in the final episode if you're excited for the season finale and how you feel about this episode ending episode nine like was it everything that you had imagined did you like the reunion between mother and son let us know below and don't forget to subscribe to AfterBuzz TV Dramas on YouTube and follow AfterBuzz TV on Instagram and Twitter at AfterBuzz TV because there's so much great content, so many great pictures, and it's just a better way for you to engage uh, with our studio and our company. Um, and with that being said, we are so excited for next week's season finale. Uh, I'm Mina, and where can they find you? I'm Monique Loveless, and you can find me everywhere on all social media platforms at Miss Mo Loveless, and that's M-S-M-O-L-O-V-E-L-E-S-S. And also, the uh, season finale of The Voice will be Tuesday. You can catch me there at 10 p.m. And um, every Thursday at um, Life Sentence. And we're coming up on Wednesdays, guys, at 7 p.m. for Total Bella. So make sure you check me out there, too. Wow, cool, cool. Uh, Well, you can... Keep up the conversation with me on Instagram at Bonjour Juliette. I also host uh, Botch, which is coming back this week, uh, which is a really, really fun reality TV show uh, that we just really, really enjoy, and I hope you guys will too. And yeah. (laughs) And I'm Mina. If you want to keep the conversation going and stay in touch, slide into my DMs on Instagram at Mina Makes Magic. And you can also catch me on the Genius Panel every Tuesday at 7 p.m., where we talk about the life of Pablo Picasso, played by Antonio Banderas, and another young actor named Alex Rich. So make sure to tune into that, and see you all next week. Bye! From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 